The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Roman. Roman is a straightforward way to take care of your erectile dysfunction. Just head to roman.com slash SGP to get 15% off your first month. That's getroman.com and slash SGP. And finally, we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is your home for the Best Ball Mania 2 contest where you can win $1 million. That's right, $1 million. Sign up now at underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN. That's underdogfantasy.com and the promo code SGPN. You are listening to the EPL show here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. Also check out my website, lockbetting.com, where I'm guiding my clients to their 96 month in a row of transparent tracked profit. I should say grinding, grinding my way there because it's been a little bit hit and miss in all sports, really. Soccer's been okay. Tennis has been a little bit tough because of the clay court season. Certainly not my favorite surface. Some of the players hate it and you just have to be able to handicap around that. So we still made a profit there, but it has been a grind. And obviously the end of the NBA season has been a grind as well. Reduced minutes, less effort from teams are already in the playoffs. Uh, We've seen some blowouts. So it's difficult to handicap around that, especially with props, but we are still making a profit. Like I said, we're grinding our way through, but we have a phenomenal MLB record this season, 78% undefeated on one unit plays. And also we're doing very well in the NHL as well. So still having an okay month, but uh, we're still going to get there with our 96 month in a row because this is futures month and all of the futures that we have are looking in good shape. Obviously, we're going to lose one or two with uh, PSG, for example, collapsing in the French League. But overall, we are on course to make a humongous profit. So I have no doubt in my mind that May will be the 96th month of a row of transparent track profit. To look at the PL spreadsheet from the 95th month, just go to the pinned tweet at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. And you can see what we did in a regular month without really many futures. We still destroyed the month, making over £3,000, which is over $3,900. And if you want to look at all of the spreadsheets from the past, go to the lockbetting.com Patreon page and you can see everything that we've done. If you're looking to sign up this month and still get get involved in this action, just beware that Patreon will bill you. Patreon is amazing for full transparency, but it will bill you for the entire month if you sign up here now at the middle of the month. So just be wary of that. But I still think we can make you a profit because as I said, it has been a grind so far and we are looking to have those big days that pull us away and make us a a huge profit. And you can still be a part of that this month. You haven't missed too much here. So get over to lockbetting.com and sign up for the last seven 17 days here of the month. 
Looking at the EPL games this week, look, I'm going to be honest here straight out of the bat. Um, and obviously, I'm not trying to get people to just turn off the show and stop listening. But this is a fucking ugly, ugly, ugly slate of games here. We have the FA Cup final, which is obviously important. And then aside from that, I would say the only relevant games here are uh, West Ham's trip to Brighton because they have faint chance of making the top four. Uh, and then Liverpool's game at West Brom because they also have a faint chance of making the top four. Aside from that, people are just playing around for, for league positions. The teams that don't make the Champions League will end up in the Europa League anyway. So that isn't really something that's that's a factor. We have no relegation race. We have no title race. These games are absolutely dead. And it'll just be a case of teams that are not on their holiday, that implement their usual ethos and mentality towards games. They'll come out on top here. And so therefore, the statistical data may not even be um, overly useful here in this one. But we're going to try and make a show of it anyway. Just let me tell you what we're going to do at the end of the show. With the lock this week, I'm going to give you two locks. But I want you to put a half unit on both. So usually the lock is a one unit play. I, I'm not confident about this slate at all. It's ugly. Um, I cannot warrant putting a full unit on anything here because a unit is a, a considerable stake for, for my clients. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to do a half unit on both of the locks here on this show as we begin to break down this EPL slate. We begin with this Friday night game where Manchester City, the champions, travel to Newcastle as the one of four favourites. It's five to one the draw and it's ten to one on Newcastle. I don't think we're going to see a full City team between now and the end of the season because of the Champions League final. Even that final game where fans are back, where they're presented with a trophy, I still think we're going to see Sergio Aguero playing in that team. And he's no longer a first-team player for Manchester City, but because it's his final game, he'll play. And I can see other changes and other players rested here. I think Kevin De Bruyne may play one more game out of these final three. But as I said, it's going to be very, very unlikely that we see a full City team. Even without that full team, City should be able to navigate three points here against Newcastle. I think we're going to see a more open game because Newcastle are safe and Manchester City have won the league. Therefore, I see both teams managing to find a net here. Both teams have scored in eight of Newcastle's last nine Premier League games. And Manchester City have won each of their last 11 away matches. So you can't really suddenly fade them just because they are the champions. Although I don't think that they will be as defensively tight. They have won each of their last three meetings with Newcastle in League and Cup. But they have kept just three clean sheets in their last 10 Premier League fixtures as they begin to slip slightly at the back. But uh, I still think they'll get it done here. So Manchester City to, to win this game with both teams to score tacked in, tacked on, sorry. Uh, you can get that one here at 2-1 to one plus 200 in this one. Up next, we'll look at this game between Burnley and Leeds, where it's 21-10 on Burnley, 13-5 the draw. And it's 23 to 20 on Leeds. Don't see Leeds really as this sort of um, significant favourite. They've had a decent season, but I think the likes of Leeds and Brighton are, are two teams that are quite overrated by the books. I like taking Burnley here to avoid a defeat in this one at 8-11. They are in the midst of an eight-game winless run at Turf Moor, whereas Leeds have lost just one of their last eight league assignments. But I do think Burnley, off the back of um, securing survival, 
will want to uh, finish the season strongly. I don't think Sean Dyche is a man that's going to let his team go on holiday. And as I said, I just can't see Leeds coming here and just outplaying Burnley off the park and being able to overcome what I think will be a another implementation of a block defence and then looking to win the game on the break or with counter-attacks, uh, much like they did against Fulham. They caught Fulham a couple of times and won that game. So I'm going to take Burnley here to avoid a defeat here in this one. This is not a strong play. I'm going to reiterate that. I said it at the top and I made a big effort to tell you this slate is dog shit. There's nothing on the line from game one. There's nothing on the line in the last game that we covered. There's nothing on the line in the next game here between Southampton and Fulham. This is awful. This is like pre-season friendlies. You're stupid if you bet a load of money on these games. So just be wary. I'm doing the show here because we do a show. These are leans, but these are as wafer-thin leans as you can possibly get on sports betting. So I want to make that absolutely clear. There is no conviction in a lot of these picks. So read between the lines here. Um, Maybe take the weekend off with the EPL. Look, there's lots of football across Europe that is actually important. There's loads of leagues that have loads to play for. And I cover all of those over at lockbetting.com. My European show is $2.50 per week. So if you want to get some coverage of some real important soccer as we head towards the end of the domestic season. It's over there at lockbetting.com and it's not expensive either. So we do this game here between Southampton and Fulham. It's even money on Southampton. It's 12 to 5 the draw and it's 11 to 4 here on Fulham. Southampton just managed to get a win against Crystal Palace. They needed that because they were having a a pretty poor run uh, here at the end of the season. A very, very poor 2021 where they were the bottom team of the league, even below than Sheffield United. That win has helped and they're coming up against a Fulham team that will be deflated. They are relegated and they're relegated because they've lost six of their last seven league games. They failed to score in three of their last four matches. Southampton have actually taken seven points from nine on offer at home. As of late, and Southampton have lost only one of their last five games at St Mary's. So I think Southampton get the win here. I think there's good value then on them here at the money line against a Fulham team that really have nothing to play for. And uh, I really can't see a massive concerted effort here from this team. Up next, we look at Brighton and West Ham. There is something on the line here. West Ham still trying to get into the Champions League places. They are available at 6-4 to four to pick up a win here away to Brighton. It's 23-10 to 10 to draw and Brighton are available at 2-1. to one. I think West Ham may be able to get this win. Um, I, I just... I just think that they have more to play for here and I prefer to go over a team that have lots on the line rather than Brighton who don't. I think West Ham are the better team as well. However, I'm leaning more towards both teams finding the net in this game. I also like the one-all scoreline individually at 8-1, to one, but I like both teams to score here at 9-10. to 10. Brighton haven't lost any of the last seven meetings of West Ham, which is why I'm scared here to take West Ham straight up on the money line. And both teams have scored in each of the last four meetings between the two teams. So I'm going to ride that data here instead. I do think West Ham are wings. They've got more on the line, but there's um, some data there that's pretty scary that puts me off from taking that money line play in this one. Moving on to Sunday, we've got Crystal Palace versus Aston Villa, where Crystal Palace are the 2-1 underdogs here. It's also 2-1 on the draw, and it's 6-5 on Villa. These are two teams that are done for the season. I don't know why Villa are 6-5 favourites here to win at Palace. Perhaps it's off the back of that really, really poor performance against Southampton, which was indicative of a team on holiday. 
I see this playing out very much like the last Villa game, the 0-0 draw against Everton. And there's data to support this one going way under uh, that total. Seven of Palace's last 10 home games have produced under two and a half goals. And Palace have only won two of their last 10 league games. So that in itself could be why Villa are favourites. But Villa themselves have won just two of their last 11 league fixtures. So you're putting a lot of weight into Jack Grealish being possibly ready to play a full 90 minutes here. Is he going to be... If it's because he's ready, doesn't going to be doesn't mean he's going to be fully impactful. And uh, this Palace team has scored just three goals in their last seven home assignments. So I don't think these teams are going to suddenly work out how to score goals here in this game, just because uh, there may be a little bit less effort or there may be a little bit more of a friendly kind of uh, vibe to this. And there's not going to be tackles flying in and loads of like bookings, etc. I still think this one goes way under. Mm -hmm. So under two and a half goals in this one here between um, Crystal Palace and Aston Villa. As I just see a text coming through or a notification coming through that Boris Johnson is going to make some sort of COVID announcement at 5pm about the Indian variant. So we are going back into fucking lockdown. We were heading into um, opening things up on Monday with um, no mask and no mask mandate from the 21st of June and seeing the Euro 2021 or Euro 2020, 2021 championships happening with plenty of supporters there with uh, 20,000 people coming to the cup final tomorrow. Somehow... This is about to get fucked at 5pm as I'm seeing this notification coming on from uh, from my phone with Boris the Wally about to do more, about to make more of an announcement and uh, impose more COVID restrictions on us. Listen, I'm absolutely fucking tired of this shit. I cannot take this anymore. These lockdowns don't work. So how can we be doing another lockdown when the lockdown isn't working in the lockdown? <sighs> So, so infuriating. Um, Where are we at on this show? Tottenham versus Wolves, where Tottenham here are available at three to five. It's three to one on the draw and it's 21 to four on Wolves. Tottenham's need here is slightly greater because they are still competing for the Europa League places. They could overtake um, West Ham as well. That's a rivalry. I'm really clutching at stores here. I'm talking about the Tottenham-West Ham rivalry here on this podcast. But yeah, that would be important, I think, to Tottenham fans to finish above them. I think both teams may find a net here as both teams have scored in seven of Tottenham's last 10 games as they fail to to shut up shop defensively. But Tottenham have won five of the last six home league matches. So I think Tottenham do get it done here and uh, they're available at three to five to do so. You could add on under four and a half goals in this one because I don't see there being um, five goals in this. Even if Tottenham do concede, this allows you for Tottenham to win 3-1 and for still to cash this bet. And that gives you uh, even money on this one instead of taking a three to five on Spurs on the money line. Up next, a game that is still important. It's Liverpool's trip to West Brom. But off the back of beating Man U, they are the 2-9 favourites to win this game. It's 11-2 to to draw and it's 14-1 to on West Brom. Results like not beating West Brom at home are the reason why Liverpool are in trouble in terms of qualifying for the Champions League. They'll need to win out to put some pressure on Leicester and Chelsea and um, hopefully they don't get there. And uh, even if they do win these games, I don't want to see Liverpool in the Champions League. I obviously hate Liverpool and it will be very, very um, amusing to me if they don't make it. Um, So yeah, I'm going to... um, 
be I'm going to be hoping that Chelsea and Leicester do enough here towards the end of the season to make sure that Liverpool don't get through but looking at Liverpool's schedule they are going to win all of their remaining games in my opinion beginning with this one it's just a little it's a little bit difficult to know what to do with it because Liverpool here are the two to nine favorites I think adding two and a half goals and getting it to four to six is the best thing that you can do because Liverpool have only kept three clean sheets in their last nine games and if they do keep one clean sheet here there is still the possibility they cash that by scoring three goals considering they put four against Man United um, but that was with Man United without Harry Maguire and Jesus how important is Harry Maguire he takes a lot of stick a lot of people say he's overrated 50 pence head all this kind of stuff but look at Man U's defence without him the stats don't lie Man United under Harry Maguire have gone from the 13th best defence in the Premier League to the second best defence in the Premier League and then we go without him for two games and we could see six goals and look like a bag of shit in defence so for me Harry Maguire is unquestionably now one of the top five defenders in world football it's statistically proven and if you and the eye test proves it as well from looking at the state of Manchester United this week without him he must come back for the Europa League final um, last statistic on this Liverpool game they've won five and drawn two of their last seven league fixtures and that form has put them back into contention for the Champions League and I do think they'll win out so Liverpool and over two and a half goals in this one Final game before we look at the FA Cup final is Everton at home to Sheffield United, where Everton are available at four to nine. It's eighteen to five the draw, and it's seven to one on Sheffield United. What do we do here? I guess you just continue to fade Sheffield United. Uh, despite Everton's poor home record and the fact that this team can't score any goals. So I think Everton to nil represents some value here. That one is available at six to four. Sheffield United have lost nine of the last 10 away games in the league. They have failed to score in eight of the last 10 away league matches. They may be one of the worst teams in Premier League history. The Blades have failed to score more often, which is 20 times, than any other side in the division. So as they haven't scored in 20 uh, of, of their 35 games. There is serious value here on Everton at 6-4. They've also beaten Sheffield United to nil on each of the club's last two encounters. So Everton to nil here will be the play and that one is available at 6-4. Decent value there on this one. Closing out with the two locks in the EPL and I'm not closing out for good. I am going to cover the FA Cup final after this. Um, we're going to take Everton to nil for a big value lock. That's available at 6-4. to four. Don't see Sheffield United scoring in this game because the data tells me that and we're hoping Everton can get one. A safer way to play this may be just to take Everton here to keep a clean sheet. You will lose a little bit of the price. You do have to get that even money, but it's probably the safer way to do it um, if you're a little bit wary of this playing out into a nil-nil, which is what Everton's last scoreline was. Uh, I'm not. I'm okay with taking Everton here and getting the plus 150 to, to win this game and to keep a clean sheet. The other lock's going to be in that under between Crystal Palace and Villa. Underwhelm, uh, sorry, underwhelming, overwhelming data to support that play. Um, I don't all of a sudden worry that a great football match is going to break out. I think that these teams are on holiday and we see somewhat more of a lacklustre friendly like we did in Villa's last game, as opposed to what we saw in Palace's last game where they lost 3-1 to Southampton. So um, I think Crystal Palace put in a better performance here at home, more concentrated at home. And I think this just plays out 
out into a very, very low scoring game, maybe even a nil-nil. There could be some value on taking that as the individual scoreline in this game, but no way it gets to three goals in my opinion. So there are your two locks, half unit each. The uh, the Palace and Aston Villa one is available at 17 to 20 best price. And uh, for a plus money play here, take Everton to nil against Sheffield United. Moving on, we'll look at this FA Cup final. This game actually happens again in midweek. Um, I'm not going to cover the midweek game because it's too difficult for me to to really confidently take a play on that. And while the FA Cup is still going, my lean would be that Chelsea find a way to win it because off the back of um, losing to Arsenal, shockingly through Jorginho's mistake and not being able to score and equalise and get back into that game, uh, they're now in a situation where they do need some points. So I think in that game, which is a one-off game, kind of like playing two cup finals really for these two against each other in the space of four days, I think Chelsea do win that game. As for this FA Cup final, um, the prices say that Chelsea are available here at 10 to 11, even money in some places, 13 to 5 to draw, and 29 to 10 on Leicester. To lift the trophy individually, Chelsea are available at 1 to 2, and Leicester are available at 13 to 8. I'm not really sure how to play this. I have this weird feeling that Chelsea's season will just sort of disintegrate into disappointment. Uh, Thomas Tuchel has a reputation for being a little bit of a bottler as a manager. And I think this could be a situation or, or a stretch where he could outthink himself at times. It wouldn't surprise me at all to see Leicester really get up for this and to win this one-off game. Because you have to think this means so much more to Leicester, who, who obviously don't always end up in FA Cup finals or win trophies than it does for Chelsea. Um, I think tactically, this is a game where both teams will set up tight and this could be one on the counter-attack. And um, Chelsea have shown an inability to put away the chances that they create, whereas Leicester, I think, are a little bit more clinical. So I really do feel that the underdog could come through here. And Chelsea lost as a favourite in last season's FA Cup final as well. Obviously, the data supports Chelsea. They've only lost three of the last 26 matches in all competitions. However... They have lost some more recently when you look at the game against West Brom, uh, the game against Porto, and then the game against Arsenal as well. Leicester have actually only won three of the last eight games away from the King Power Stadium, but they come into this off the back of a win against Man U. Chelsea have kept 18 clean sheets in their last 26 matches. And for me, the key stat here is that six of the last eight meetings between Chelsea and Leicester have produced under two and a half goals. Well, this is a cup final with 20,000 supporters there, which is the 140th FA Cup Finals be played on Saturday at Wembley. And I just think this is going to be even more cagey than the league games because no team here wants to lose. Chelsea have been cagey anyway. Um, both teams like to counter, but the, um, the, the options to counter here are going to be significantly reduced with the fact that the press is going to be reduced. And I don't think there's going to be a massive overcommitment where you want to push on your midfielders and, and your attackers and wingers and, and whatever and your fullbacks in terms of leaving yourself overexposed in a game where you may not be able to get back into it once the other team sharp shop. I mean, Leicester on their day, they can really defend. And obviously the inclusion of Evans is very, very important. I think if Evans makes this game, um, I like Leicester even more here to be able to pull up an upset. If he doesn't, I do think Chelsea will be able to break through. 
Obviously, for this under two and a half goals play, you don't want any real early goals because that will change the pattern of play in this game. But I think whilst it's at nil-nil, you're good, I think, because the teams will not will not overcommit. They'll not leave themselves susceptible to the strength of both of the other teams, which is the counter. And the press will be a conservative press. Obviously, it's all different kinds of press. In the um, Manchester City Paris Saint-Germain game, for example, we saw a, uh, a ruthless press, a press which left them very, very susceptible to um, conceding at the back. And that's exactly what happened, where they pressed with everybody in a desperate attempt to win the ball as high up the pitch as they possibly could because they needed to desperately get back into the game. I don't think we'll see that kind of press. I don't even see. I don't even think that we'll see the fullbacks pressing too high up the halfway line because, as I said, the first goal in this game could be key because suddenly you're facing a situation where the team not only stop pressing against you but they're starting to put eight or nine men behind the ball and making themselves very, very difficult to break down in the final third. So perhaps, um, let's say, for example, Leicester scored a first goal. Suddenly, Chelsea will find themselves with around about 60% of the possession with 60% of that game played in Leicester's third because Leicester are protecting what they've have. Neither team want to get themselves into that position. So I think we will see a cagey opening, especially with 20,000 supporters being allowed to attend. Nobody wants to lose this massive game with supporters being back in the stadium. Obviously, though, that can change with Boris the Wanker making some sort of announcement at 5pm. So we'll see what happens with that. And obviously, everybody will know by 5pm UK time what has happened. But until then, that's it for me in this edition of the EPL show. Good luck with all your bets as always, guys. And thanks for listening.